This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May of 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, We've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. <laughs> That's when the cannibalism started. What was that? Hi, hello. Is it the Dunkin' Donuts drive through man? Is there a drive through man available? Hello? Hello? <laughs> I was asking, can I get a change in the order? Can I get a mix of a tuna and chicken salad sandwich? Can you mix the salads? We don't got tuna at Dunkin' Donuts. Yes, you do. You see it on the menu before you. You put, I want a mixture of the two. You know, Miss Grace, can you just stop harassing I want a mixture of the two. If you do not give me a mixture of the two, the devil dances tonight. <laughs> Welcome to the last podcast. On the left, everyone, I am Ben Kissel with Marcus Parks wearing his Ween shirt. I love Ween. This is one of two Ween shirts I own. No kidding. No, one of three Ween shirts, excuse me. That's sad. Okay. (laughs) And we got Henry Zabrowski in Los Angeles. If I could just get my hands on Casey Anthony, oh, in the squared circle, I'd get a 10 count. I know for a fact I'd pin her down. I'd push her face into the mat because I got the strength, upper torso strength. I got the legs of a toddler, but I got the hands of a man. Hey. Nancy, I gotta ask you, how much money do you think you made off of of Casey Anthony? Millions of dollars and I spent every dollar of it. Thank God. On sweatpants most likely. We saw her at CrimeCon. Wonderful performer. Great performer. I'm wearing athleisure. I have to be free for movement. She definitely was. Cowboy boots and sweatpants. Remember that look she had? Absolutely remember that. And the what, six security guys she had around her? She was very safe. Yes. All right. Well, speaking of performers, we're on to Casey Anthony part two. We'll get to the trial. My God, uh, it's it's madness. It's sheer madness. Um, I'm mad. Yeah. <laughs> There's honestly, you ever like? It's nice to have like a reason to be mad. There's something mm-hmm. that I like in my personal life. There's something really fun about like pure righteous anger, where right. you know you're right mm-hmm. and that the other person's wrong, so you could just fucking rail on them all day long in your mind. Right. But in real life, you're like, I brought you your jacket. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Casey Anthony's face. If you ever just want to get mad, watch the trial footage and watch Casey Anthony's reactions to everyone speaking to each other, and you will fucking throw your computer 
out the goddamn window into the street. Yeah, I watched a couple of news clips. A lot of fashion conversations. <laughs> Sometimes she wears a low-cut V when she's feeling relaxed. It's supposed to wear a conservative, uh, conservative fluffle shirt, which she also wore on occasion. Breaking news. Now, when we last left Casey Anthony, the body of her two-and-a-half-year-old daughter, Kaylee, had just been found in a wooded area less than half a mile from the Orlando home they shared with Casey's parents. Casey had already been charged with her daughter's murder before the body had been found, and yet it took another three years for the trial to begin. Oh, it's so boring to do court <laughs> cases. Trials are so fucking boring. <laughs> well, they're important. Yes, I guess. Is that what they say? Is that the whole they're thing? They're important. But it's just so boring. I watched seven hours of trial footage. Was she was she detained for those three years or she was just chilling at, at it, home? She was detained. Okay. Yeah. So there were four charges, the most serious of which being first-degree murder. Now, some say the prosecution bungled this case from the beginning. Yeah, you to, think? <laughs> you fucking think? It was a bungle. <laughs> trying to pin Casey with a capital murder charge. Should she be found guilty, Casey Anthony was going to get the needle. No questions asked. Uh, after a bunch of appeals. You're going to get the needle. Huh? <laughs> That's what you want, you want. You want to get the needle? This is balloon prison. And there's nothing more dangerous to a balloon than getting the needle. They should have charged her with a lowercase murder charge, I guess. Good work. <laughs> oh, no. I guess. Yeah. Not capital. This is not good. This is fun. Right from the start, the prosecution gave themselves a case that would have to show jurors, without a doubt, that the evidence showed the murder was premeditated, that showed that Casey Anthony deserved the death penalty, which is no easy task. No, is that what happens when it starts out? Honestly, I, I don't know. So when they say at the very top during the like the preliminary hearings, they say they're going to go for the death penalty, and that changes the rules... For the jury, Not or it just changes the stakes level? It changes the stakes because, you know, if someone is charged with, say, like manslaughter, mm -hmm. uh, then they're not going to get the death penalty. But right. if someone's. No, they charged get a with fucking heavy metal rip. They get a. <laughs> <laughs> like, but it doesn't. But it's yeah. an easier trial. Yeah, it's, yeah. A mu it's a much easier trial to prove because there's not as much weight. The, the jury does not feel like they have someone's life in their hands, you mm. know? Uh, so something with a, like a first degree murder case. A capital murder case in you know a death penalty state, uh, the people are going to take it a lot more seriously. Right now, of course, a plea deal was presented to Casey, as it almost always is in a capital murder trial. But when the possibility of a plea deal was brought up to Casey, she became extremely indignant, mm. saying she would never in a million years admit to the murder of her daughter. Wow! But so you want me to sign a plea deal? You being gay about this? <laughs> no, I'm not signing a goddamn plea deal. Never a thousand years. Because I'll never admit to murdering my daughter. That's for certain. Now, much has been made of the jurors on the Casey Anthony case. Almost as much as those involved in the OJ trial. Mm. The panel was made up of nine women and eight men. Ranging in age from 32 to 65. Oh. And ranging from dolt to Dullard. <laughs> there it is. Big demographics. If you could get a TV show 
uh, th- what was it, 32 to 65? Yeah. You'd be the most successful show since Frasier. <laughs> no, that, that is show. Nancy Grace's demo. Oh, that is her demo. That's a good point. Now, since the case had been so widely reported for three years, especially in the Orlando area, the state took their jury pool from Clearwater, Florida, because that was a whole two-hour drive away. Wow. I think I'll say about Clearwater, Florida. Um, number one, Scientology capital of the world. Really? We've known that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Strange place, beach community, a lot of snowbirds. Means the traffic gets really bad from December to April, because that's when all the idiots from up north show up and right. don't know how to fucking drive. All right, because they're all super aggressive. Florida, you're cruising. You're from fucking Massachusetts. You're up everybody's asshole 24-7. Because I know that for a fact because that's how I drive. I'm not going to. I'm a rail on them. No, I know. I'm, I'm just checking this off in my head. Is like, what's another moment where Henry becomes his father? Well, here he is. He referred to people as snowbirds. And he's talking about traffic in Florida. Well, the thing was, though, even getting the jury pool from Clearwater wasn't enough to get an unbiased jury pool. Really? Because after three years, most people thought Casey Anthony was guilty. She was tried in the media for three entire years before her trial even started. Yeah, I think the newsies got to Clearwater, Florida and spread the word about the trial. So, <laughs> Yes, the papes and the nickels were everywhere, and all of the newsboy caps were found in the trash cans for many years. And that meant that the only people allowed on the jury had to be at least in the undecided category, if not leaning towards not guilty. Hmm. Which means you have to be touched in the brain <laughs> to even show up where you think be like let's give her a second chance like if you watch everything in the first thought you'd be like i'd like to hear what the lawyers say because i trust lawyers i know that's the biggest flaw of jury selection where it's like do you know anything about anything uh, about anything mm-hmm. you don't you're on you're hired <laughs> it's the only job interview where it's like are you a total moron completely empty and shallow inside you got the job <laughs> Well, I mean, it is a good thing in most cases to have an unbiased jury come in. Unless they're Uh, biased for you. Yeah. (laughs) But this case, with all the media attention, it was something different altogether. Now, not all the people selected were excited to be a part of the trial. One man, Jonathan Green, was selected, spoke to a reporter knowing full well it wasn't allowed, took a contempt of court charge, and happily paid the $450 fine. Mm. And when the judge asked him if he was just trying to get out of jury duty, Green responded... Yeah. Uh, yeah. That man is a national hero. Yes, yeah. He's just to- totally understand. He's just a fucking guy. He's like, uh, yeah. So I have to go from one shitty city to a shittier city in Orlando. Um, and so that's the reason I have to live in a hotel in La Quinta with a bunch of other jurors. And I don't think this is going to be you guys planting us with a bunch of tequila and giving us a hot tub to fuck with nighttime cams kind of jurors. Like, I know that this is going to be lame. So yeah. I'm up and out. Yeah. And when they asked him about his decision, he just said, no regrets. None at Hell all. Yeah. None whatsoever. Now, to give you a scope of how popular this trial was... 40 million people watched at least a little bit of it. And because of how interested people were in it, the news media reported on everything they could get their hands on. Mm. And beca- you know, I was just thinking, if I was a juror, you know what I'd do? Bring what? my own gavel. <laughs> I feel like that would be kind of fun if you just kind of like gaveled every now and then. Sir, <laughs> sir, you're causing chaos with your tiny hammer. I need you to stop it. That is not an official gavel. Can I object? <laughs> Am I allowed to object? Anyway. 
And because of the sunshine laws we talked about last week, the media got their hands on quite a lot of information. Hmm. And they reported on every single tiny little bit they got. Here's an example of some local Orlando news coverage. According to a source who has read dozens of jailhouse notes and letters prosecutors say they believe were written by Casey Anthony, most of them contain, quote, ramblings indicative of someone with a lot of time on her hands. There's also a great deal about food, what to order from the commissary and when to eat. Noticeably missing, the source says, is much about Kaylee, the daughter she is now charged with killing. Food. <laughs> what else is she supposed to talk about? It makes my brain boil. After a while, you're just like, you fucking morons. The more and more you research it, like, because they had three years of shit they had to pump out. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's just a person incarcerated. So literally after, like, she ate lunch at noon and dinner <laughs> at 430. That's basically it. That's it. <laughs> well... The local news media really, they hit on it quite a bit. But the person who hit on the Casey Anthony trial harder than anyone else was our aforementioned friend, Nancy Grace. They call me Fancy Nancy. I'm the tugboat with the perm. Really? Henry, how did you describe Nancy Grace to us? Um, If Dr. Phil himself was in the plot of the movie Juana Man. It's like (laughs) she is the end of a Chevy Chase movie where it has led to the female persona. And this is Mrs. Doubtfire 3, where Mrs. (laughs) Doubtfire 3 has her own news show. (laughs) So the judge in the Casey Anthony trial was the Honorable Belvin Perry. Belvin? He is (laughs) sassy as a motherfucker. We are hearing some strange... Zenaida and Belvin. There's a thought Orlando had the strangest names around. Hey, there's more to come, man. So Judge Perry actually did a fantastic job with this trial, pretty much the opposite of Lance Ito. Even though the claims made by the defense were outlandish, as we'll see, things never got out of hand legally, and Belvin kept both lawyers on a tight leash. Well, to be fair, a late-night spoof, the Dancing Belvins... <laughs> Doesn't really have the same ring as the Dancing Edos. Uh, Dancing Belvins actually, for me, is funnier. If I was in a comedy room, I would choose Dancing Belvins. Um, I actually have a very weird tangential story attached to the case. So, a member of Murder Fist broke up with his girlfriend in college of Florida State. They Well, they had sort of the unspoken broke up. She went and cheated on him with two men in the same night in the same... Uh, the same night. I mean, I guess technically it's not, it's not about the sex, but it's just about one of those dudes. It was two guys in one go. It was a threesome. Oh. One of those guys happens to be Casey Anthony's former co-worker at a TGI Fridays where she worked for like six weeks. This is true. <laughs> really? He was at present at the court case. A friend of my old friend of college sent me a, a message saying, did you, this, this guy... He was uh, he was in the court case. He got fined for contempt of court by sur- by doing surreptitiously giving the finger to the prosecutor as he was talking, which I'm going to do. Judge Belvin then holds him in contempt of court, rails on him for 15 minutes. It's an incredible video of him just standing and being like, "Now tell me, sir." What is the notion and meaning of the uh, hand signal that you gave at court yesterday? It's like, and then fuck you, sir. Say it again. Say it again so that everyone can hear. It meant, it meant you wanted me to go sex myself in a court of law. And it's like 15 minutes of it. It's incredible. Funny. All right. But Belvin's incredible. Belvin's courthouse has to be a show. Now about Casey Anthony, Judge Belvin said he observed 
two sides. The side that was for the jury that wrongfully accused put upon grieving mother face and the side for everyone else. Ooh. It was either stone cold or even somewhat bubbly at times. Oh. We've seen her laughing. We've seen her smiling in court. Oh, absolutely. You can't not laugh at a hot bod contest. <laughs> We've heard that. But that was never when the jury was present. Oh. Now, Belvin said as soon as the jury left the room, Casey's face changed as if she was just taken off a mask. Mm. And Casey's appearance was also, like the Menendez brothers, carefully choreographed. While the Menendez brothers were made to look like two innocent young boys in their pastel sweaters. Casey- yeah, they were. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Every day was Easter in the Menendez trial. Casey was made to look as plain as possible, almost like an exasperated single mother dragged into court on a traffic charge she doesn't have time to deal with. Mm. I would also go as far to say uh, in virginal white. Mm. Most of her clothes were white. She wore a lot of things. Again, I watched a lot of court footage. And they put a lot of stuff where psychologically you look and see Angel. Mm. And she just was always just... No. Like, you could see her just being like, wrong. Another lie from the prosecution. Like, she could see her just shaking her head. Ooh, ooh. They should do, like, a queer eye for the straight guy, but, like, with plaintiffs. <laughs> and uh, just make them all look like members of the Duggar family or something, which I guess is what they went for. Well, whatever they did, it worked. Although, when opening statements began on June 6th, 2011, nobody could predict what kind of weird shit Casey's legal team would drag out in the defense of Casey Anthony. Last podcast on the left is sponsored by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Thanks, Squarespace! With Squarespace, it's easy to create a beautiful website, all on your own terms. Don't let anybody tell you what to do. This ain't your mama's website platform. It is, actually. It's actually be very easy for your mother to learn. You don't want to miss Fluid Engine. It's a next-generation website design system from Squarespace with reimagined drag-and-drop technology for desktop or mobile. I thought it was just the name of what my blood pressure medication turned me into. Um, I'm peeing. Now, my goals for the year are I have two warehouses filled with horse picks. Now, I know a lot of people, uh, obviously this bit has been done, but the Zendaya centaur picks are not going anywhere. And I've been trying to get the Judge Reinhold sitting on the Clydesdale line out. Uh, I need these moved, okay? Because I have to move into the storage unit. Let's just say there are problems at home. So I need Squarespace to shoot this through the roof for me this year. And that's why I'm going to go full tilt and not only are you going to get the judge reinhold sitting on the clydesdale entire series clothes and non-clothes what we also are going to offer and i mean this we're trying to get into draft rides i brought this up the other day we got to start riding other animals but horses take pictures of the horses photoshop the horses into other celebrities but stop riding them save a horse ride a giraffe with Squarespace. Go head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's just right here. What would you do of another extra hour of your day? I mean, well, obviously I'd get some nunchuck training in. 
Oh, I'd make love to my wife. That takes about nine. That's a full nine minutes of that hour. And then I would probably uh, go to get a donut. And then I'd probably yell at my parents. But a lot of us wish we had more time. The question is time for what? I don't know. What works for you? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. And therapy can help you find out what matters to you so you can do more of it. You know that question? They're like, if you had a billion dollars, what would you do? You know, and like, you know, when I answer, it's of course, I would grind the government to a standstill with my giant machine of my making in secret for many years. But a lot of people get mad at that. And it's really hard to do that in a job interview or like when you're meeting somebody's like your significant other's parents for the first time. So, and you might actually want to think of starting therapy. So give BetterHelp a try. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So learn to make time what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LastPod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash L-A-S-T-P-O-D. Hey, did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? You can grow lemon, avocado, olive, or fig trees inside your home on top of the wide variety of houseplants available. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. The experts at Fast Growing Trees curate thousands of plants for all climates, locations, and needs. Available 24-7, you can talk to a plant expert about your soil type, landscape design, and how best to take care of your plants. I love Fast Growing Trees because I just moved here to Los Angeles. I got a yard now, and I'm doing all the landscaping myself. I love working in my garden. I love planting stuff. I love growing stuff. And the cool thing about fast growing trees that I really like is that they tell you exactly what type of growing zone you're in. I'm in growing zone 10 and they can tell you exactly what type of trees or plants or whatever you can put out in front of your house. Uh, I'm looking at the Norfolk Island pine tree. I'm looking at putting a little bit of red sister cordyline up in front of my fence. I think that'll the red will really pop nice. And maybe for the backyard, I got an extra planter that I might put a Satsuma plum tree in. And these prices are reasonable. They're reasonable if you've ever been to a nursery. But right now, they have some of the best deals online, like up to half off on select plants. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEFT at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code LEFT at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com code LEFT. Offers valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. The prosecution, Linda Drain Burdick and Jeff Ashton, centered their case around three words. Child-free life. Who's also the name of a, a Glade plug-in scent. <laughs> oh, look at that. In their opening statements, they hit hard on the image of Casey Anthony as the typical Orlando party girl yearning to break free from the shackles of motherhood. <laughs> Where is Kaylee Marie Anthony? Day one. Where is Kaylee Marie Anthony? Anthony, she does it for all 31 days. Yeah. She hits it again and again and again. But 
without telling a goddamn story. Mm-hmm. Mm. We'll get to it. Now, the murder that the prosecutor tried to pin on Casey went like this. She knocked the little girl out with chloroform that she made herself, mm. taped her mouth and nose with three pieces of duct tape to suffocate her, and transported the body in a canvas diaper bag and dumped her daughter in the wooded area near their house. Mm. Now, to the prosecution, this whole thing was a slam dunk case. They had pictures of Casey Anthony at That's Dope Fridays at the Hot the Body Contest. Of course. They Fusion had- Ultra Lounge. Yes. yes. <laughs> they had the duct tape and they had the sister canvas diaper bag found in Casey's room as the one used to transport Kaylee was part of a matching set. All right. But then defense attorney Jose Baez fired back. Okay. I'm going to put this first of all, right? The, the opening statement for the prosecution, it's two hours long. It is boring. It is long. It is arduous. They try to be very detailed. It makes a lot of sense. It's a mistake. The, then <laughs> Baez, Baez rolls in, and it's like it becomes the movie Glory with Matthew Broderick. He <laughs> is an actor. Right. Yeah. He seems to know what he's doing immediately. He paints a picture, and when he fucking drops that club of his information about George Anthony, the whole room goes like, because ah, ah, they've all been hearing all this other shit from, it's like, it's so stupid. Yeah, for three so years. Stu- Entertain them. Well, I think that's, a, that the whole media coverage, I think it got into the prosecution's head as well, mm-hmm. because for three years, everybody in America, or damn near everybody in America, right. is, say, are saying that Casey Anthony is guilty. Right. Like, so they think like, oh yeah, all we have to do is go out there and you know trot out all this shit that's already been trotted out, and then everything's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. But then... Jose Baez comes in and, like Henry said, drops a whole bunch of new information on a case that everybody has been waiting for. That's why you play the game, like mm-hmm. Herm Edwards says. No. Herm Edwards. Herm Edwards. Herm Edwards. He's the coach, and his name is Herm Edwards. <laughs> what? It's why you play the game. Oh, okay. Talk to the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, oh great. The, oh, oh, good. That's oh. why you play the game. Oh, that's it. Why do you play the game? Because even if you're an underdog, you can still win. <laughs> and the Philadelphia Eagles are filled with criminals, so it's like the same. It They're comes fans. back to court. Yeah, kind of, yeah. Well, Jose Baez did not deny that Casey had knowledge of her daughter's death. Despite Casey saying right up until the trial that it was Zanny the nanny who was responsible, though, Baez opened with a whole new story. Hmm. His argument was that the death of Kaylee Anthony had been nothing more than a tragic accident involving the Anthony family above ground pool. Oh, no. According to the defense, someone had left the ladder down. Uh. Kaylee wandered outside, fell into the pool, and drowned, all while Casey was asleep. George found the body and woke up Casey saying, look what you've done. Your mother will never forgive you, and so on and so forth. And that's when George figured he'd better cover it up to protect his daughter. First, he went to the kitchen and got a couple of garbage bags, and he Mm. then took Kaylee's body, placed it inside the bag, and sealed it with duct tape, just like he'd always done when family pets died. And that was George's first mistake. He should use the patented Ziploc Ultralock for sale here on the Nancy Grace Show. And that's not me being cute with the whole pet thing. That was the attorney's argument exactly. George treated the body of his own granddaughter like that of a beloved family cat. Definitely just like that's what grandfathers always do, especially (laughs) grandfathers that used to be cops. They always do that. Yeah, Mm. they always try to make an accident look like a murder. So this really came out of nowhere, though. (laughs) This this whole story came out of absolute nowhere. So it totally shattered 
all of the uh, previous beliefs. Are. Yeah, totally. Wow. This was a, this was a brand new storyline. George then supposedly transported the body in the canvas bag, dropped it in the wooded area near his house on his way to work, and went about his day. Wow. And that is when Casey took off for a month. Now, there are a few interesting things to say about the pool theory. First, let's examine that very first 911 call. If Cindy Anthony knew about the pool accident, why would she make the multiple calls to 911? Why would she do the tough love call? Why would she do the second call? Why would she do the third call saying it smells like a damn dead body out there? That was a euphemism for a dorm room. (laughs) It was euphemism for a dorm room. Remember that. Well, here's the answer. There's one thing we know about the Anthony's. It's that they are not very clever when it comes to plans. Hmm. In other words, that call was not the devious groundwork for a grand alibi. Absolutely not. If you listen to the calls, it sounds like a flustered woman. She had to call three different times because she had to make good on the other facetious, like, we're going to do a grandstanding, I'm going to teach my daughter a lesson call that was going to be a whole theatrical movement to, oh shit, this is actually a real thing that I've been ignoring. Uh, that's just what I, that's what I, I purposely have been ignoring. Um, and they all just fall in line with Casey's lies. Mm-hmm. Casey develops the story. Well, I'm going go to chart in my mind is that I watched and listened to the interview footage from the, the, the first police investigation in 2008 from George Lee and Casey Lee being the brother. And you watch their story solidify. You watch the Cindy's story solidify as it goes. They build it over time. Baez dropped this shit on them as they were going into court. So this was Baez's idea. This was not a Casey Anthony creation. Well, here's what we're about to get into. The drowning story didn't come until much, much later. In fact, Cindy Anthony, it said that Cindy Anthony wasn't even told about the drowning story until three weeks before the trial began. Mm. That's a three-year gap between discovery and trial that she wasn't supposedly told what actually happened to her granddaughter. Second, for five days in 2009, Casey Anthony shared a jail dorm with a woman named April Whalen on Christmas Day. 2007, the body of April Whalen's 15-month-old son was found drowned in the family pool by April's father. An oddly similar story. Okay. No, it's just parallel thinking, dog meat. That's just what it is. There's no such thing as plagiarism. She just, yes, she maybe is close to a Carlos Mencia move. Right. But there's many different material that can be made for many different walks of life. You're equating someone stealing a joke to stealing a storyline about a child that's been murdered. Yes. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, it, it seems like a lot of uh, people killing their kids there in jail. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they're not hanging out at a Dunkin' Donuts, except for a fact you probably hear the same stories Yeah. Like in, a, in a, the dining area of a Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> the people who sit at Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah, I've done that before. Yeah, I fell asleep at a booth once. <laughs> and third... A PI who worked on the Anthony case said that he was the one who actually came up with the drowning story after looking at aerial photographs of the Anthony home in a tabloid. He said that he was looking at the photograph and he noticed that the pool ladder was down. And this PI, Dominique Casey, no relation, said he, Casey Anthony, and Jose openly discussed Casey's guilt. And the drowning story was agreed upon in a brainstorming session between the three. Wow. But there was another PI, too, named Jim Hoover. This is the problem with PIs. 
I love them. Again, I'm going to go back into it. It's my fallback plan. It's what I want to do. But they're not reliable. No. Because you know who becomes private investigators? Who? People like me. Oh, People yeah. that tell stories for a living and are they're cash hungry and they want to. They this is what they this is what they do. Yeah. They oh. they are for hire. Yeah. So they have no bosses. So yeah. Like I listened to a bunch of an interview with the police with Jim Hoover, who was the other PI that they had hired to work with. That was Dominic's partner, and he's just like they literally was like, "So who do you work for, Jim?" He's like, "Me." <laughs> I work for nobody. <laughs> and I was just like, whoa. Like when he said that, I was just like, this is fucking awesome. But then he goes on to say that they had a lot of talk about this. And it'll be interesting about how George and Cindy were both heavily focused on not throwing Casey under the bus. But it was a family thing. Mm-hmm. So back to the trial. With the death out of the way, Baez moved on to the discovery of the body. He claimed that Roy Kronk, the utility worker who found the remains, had moved the remains from another location, staging the whole thing for fun and profit. He cronked it up. He, he pulled a cronk, which is moving the bones of a child from one place to another. It's a very specific thing, but it does happen. Now, Kronk did admit that he joked to his co-workers about hitting the lottery by finding this dead little girl, urging them to not tell any of his ex-wives. Well, that is uh, a strange bit. It's a strange skit that he came to work with that day. He's a nighttime security officer. You know, like he's just got a lot of... We're dealing with a lot of... There's a lot of Kados right. yeah, in this are. case. Now, do you think his coworkers laughed? Because that's what matters uh-huh. the most. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's classic Kronk. And Kronk's estranged son did say Kronk called him in November, telling him that his old man was going to be famous. For finding uh. a dead girl. <laughs> and yes, all of his ex-wives described Kronk as inappropriate with children, violent towards women, and undoubtedly capable of Kaylee's murder. However, it seems like Kronk was just an idiot piece of shit looking for a payday and an excuse to talk to the kids who didn't want to talk to him anymore. Kind of like the wrestler. Oh, Good. like the wrestler Don't got him back equate. in the game. The so this, this child's corpse Does helped it. him become a better father. So this is like, this is technically Mrs. Doubtfire 4. Uh, there are several different uh, uh, Mrs. Doubtfire sequels in this. There is nothing more Florida than finding a decomposing uh, corpse of a child and be like, hit pay dirt. It is like, where is the compassion? Here? Yes, Come just on. because he looked for things with his piss, like Gerard Depardieu looking for a bathroom in the dark, does what? not mean that he's a murderer. No, none of this means that he's a murderer. No, he's just. Nor does it mean that he moved the location of the body. Right. What he did move, though, was the skull when he picked it up by the eye socket. And this gave the defense their first shot across the bow when it came to forensics. Mm. Since Ray had tampered with the scene, the defense said the whole damn thing was contaminated. And all he could say was, I'm sorry. He's just like, he kept going like, I'm sorry I did it. I didn't know. I just did it. I just like, I was curious. I wanted to make sure. And I was like, honestly, when it comes down to if it's a skull, I'm just going to make up that I'm sure. Like, I don't (laughs) need to actually look at it. I'll tell the story and then let someone else tell me that I'm wrong. But that wasn't even the biggest bombshell from the opening statements. Because all this shit, this is all just opening statements here. Jose wrapped up his opening statement with another page taken from the Menendez handbook. Molestation. Uh-oh. Yeah. Always with the molestation. They didn't molest. But the problem is that they told them as they were going into that day that they're like, just so you know, like it was like a yada, yada, yada. The prosecution turned to George Anthony. He's like, they're going to accuse you of molesting Casey. You have to not 
react because a part of what being in the because both they were not only witnesses in the trial but they were family members of the accused so they were allowed to be in the courtroom as it happened but also anybody who's in the courtroom which is why my stupid friend got uh hit with a uh What's the uh, what's the term contempt of court was because he made a fucking face because he gave the finger. So George Anthony is forced to just sit there and not react, which people on the on the whole don't really understand. So he this this bombshells dropped saying that he molested very graphic the way he spells it yeah. out too, like very very graphic to try to get the jury's attention. And then you see George Anthony sitting there like a stone, and of course people people are immediately like look at that sociopath. But it's like he just wasn't allowed to make a face, and I'm certain he was in a form of shock. Yeah, I'm sure. So now were they in on the uh, on the accusations there? Were George and Cindy like, all right, well that's fine, we'll take the hit here. <laughs> Hell no, yeah. Was it just like, Hell oh, yeah. We got, we, we got a pool idea. You molested her. And we're gonna move on to like why would she party? No, they did not know. They they did not know at all like Baez came out and he said that George Anthony had sexually molested Casey Anthony starting when she was eight years old you know what George Anthony uh, you know what George Anthony should have done there what check please <laughs> check, uh, please. check please get me out of here <laughs> yeah Baez said that Casey had been molested throughout her childhood and adolescence this is why Casey mm. showed no emotion during those 31 days Baez claimed that years of hiding the sexual abuse going on at home from the rest of the world trained Casey to put her emotions in the back seat where no one could see them, and the death of her daughter was just another family secret to bear. So Baez just basically realized as a defense attorney, you can just make it up. You can just say it. Just yes. say anything. Yeah. Well, because the, br- the burden of proof isn't on the defense. Right. It's on the prosecution. Mm. So we just Alex Jones to the whole thing. And there's no way to disprove what he's saying. Again, right. the yeah. power of lies. You just got to say it, and then every, you're, everybody's got to fucking be back on their heels trying to prove that you're wrong. And right. so then he pulls the fucking brother into it, too, mm-hmm. who's the one dude that didn't do anything. Nothing. He was just trying to live his life. Mm. Yeah, he said that the brother had also been inappropriate with Casey, and it was a whole familial incest thing. Jeez. And. So it seems after this that Baez was going to hit the prosecution hard with these molestation claims just the whole time. Because after all, like the molestation, that was the centerpiece of the Menendez brothers' defense. But here, Baez put his own spin on the tactic. He never mentioned it again for the entirety of the trial. So it's kind of like he had no evidence for it and did nothing to back it up. And it's interesting the way you say he had his own spin on it. It sounded like he just started with the plan <laughs> and then Casey Anthony his way to the end of the trial. <laughs> Strange. No witnesses, no experts, no mention of it in any cross-examinations. The prosecution brought it up. Especially because they're now they're forced to. <laughs> right. Now they're yeah. forced to. They have to. Yeah, now they have to. Like, their first kind of validates the whole thing, too. Exactly. I, can I say a thing real quick? I do believe, I want to believe in victims, right? I want to believe that people come forward and say that they've been, they've been attacked, they've been sexually molested. I want to believe these people that are victims of assault. The problem with Casey Anthony is that she has already lived an entire lie for so long that it gets to this point where where where's the line where where is the line between you have been proven to be a liar again and again and again this is a thing now that I now we are now forced to go examine because we want to believe victims but you're a piece of shit that makes this harder on everybody else and the defense is also rolling the lie into the lie 
like they're rolling all of the lies into the whole molestation thing because like, well, okay, yes, she's a liar. She's mm-hmm. been a liar and been proven to be a liar over and over again, but not this time because this time the thing that we're saying happened, that's why she lies. She's lying about everything else, but she's not lying about this and this thing that she's not lying about is why she lies about everything else. You know when you said it rolls lies into other lies? Mm-hmm. It made me think of Cinnabons. <laughs> Disgusting. I thought of a Cinnabon. Disgusting. <laughs> now, the prosecution's first witness was George Anthony they had to. Of course they had to. They Jeez. had to open by asking him if he had ever molested his daughter. Right. And he's like, no, of course not. He's like, no, sir. No, no, of course not. Mm. But it was when it was Baez's turn for the cross-examination, everyone expected him to just barrage George with questions about the molestation accusations. But instead, Baez went for George's 2009 suicide attempt. Mm. See, not too long after Kaylee's body was found, George just heartbroken over the hard reality that his granddaughter was indeed dead and that his daughter was probably responsible for it. Hmm. He went to a hotel in Daytona Beach, took a bunch of pills, drank a lot of beer, and left a note that said, I needed to go be with Kaylee. Oh, my goodness. Daytona Beach. (laughs) Horrific time in this man's life. Of course. Yeah, I mean, if it ended up, it was just him hanging out with Zaneda Gonzalez at a pool, that'd be a different story altogether, but it wasn't. It was not. Defense. Wow. They claimed that the suicide attempt was was done out of guilt. Did he? Did he? Uh, I mean, he must have told people about the suicide. Uh, well, after they found him, he or? went missing. He oh, he, is, he essentially went missing. He sent a bunch of texts to people saying like goodbye. Oh, I'm gonna okay. you know I'm gonna do it. And then the cops felt like they triangulated his cell phone and they found him before and were able to like pump his stomach and all oh. that. Uh, but the defense said that George had tried to kill himself uh, because of guilt mm. because he had disposed of the body. Mm. Uh, and bias. I mean, he just hammered away this poor grieving grandfather and. All the while, Casey Anthony sat there just stone fucking cold. I mean, but also, if you're George, you don't want to see your daughter go to prison for life. And no. she's facing murder charge. I mean, capital murder. So after the molestation thing, he was edging a little bit closer towards Cinder away. Yeah, yeah he was getting a little uh, upset because though. he realized what he would finally got himself caught in. Mm-hmm. He said something in his first police interview where he was just like, you know how hard it is to live with two women? Like, he said this to the cops, <laughs> and they're all like, hey, George, yeah, George. I do believe that up to this point, he thought that Kay, he thought that Casey had something to do with it, but he was holding out all hope that they said all the time that maybe, just maybe, there was a, there's some kind of extenuating circumstance, there's somebody else involved. By the time that this happened, once that dropped on his lap, he was mm. like, oh, fuck. My daughter's a stone-cold psychopath. My wife, who I've said several times is the mirror image of my daughter, is also a psychopath. He's fucking stuck like a motherfucker. And part of this has got to do with his silence their entire lives. And the fact that he never went Liam Neeson. This is the other thing about watching trial for fucking hours and hours. I start getting angrier and angrier at George, Cindy, and Lee. Nobody cared about the kid enough to break through the the silence that was in that house because no one wanted to talk to Casey Anthony about her fucking lies because they were afraid of setting her off. So what they did was let this happen in a way. They just... Well, I don't know if Lee did anything. He's just kind of like... What my family's weird. Yes. Yeah, I don't want to. Talk. My family's weird. I don't know. I mean, George was half right. Go to Daytona and get smashed. Just get drunk. But I mean, not with the pills. <laughs> don't do the pills. 
So after the prosecution got George Anthony out of the way, they went into the lies, the oh. lack of emotion, and all the party girl stuff, all of which we covered on the last right. episode. And then they got into the car forensics, going through all the evidence we also talked about on the first episode, step by step, smell, stain, hair, etc. What we didn't talk about, though, were the infamous Googles. You just sounded like my mom describing the internet. <laughs> it's full of, what is this, infamous Google. What, Henry, what's Google? Henry Thomas, how do I search this? It's like, go ogle, I don't know. So in March of 2008, months before the death, the prosecution claimed that someone in the Anthony house had made searches using Internet Explorer for the word chloroform 84 times. That's a lot. If she did it. <laughs> this, combined with the chloroform particles found in the trunk of Dr. Arpod Voss, was where the prosecution drove home their claim that Kaylee Anthony was knocked out using chloroform. Mm. After that was the duct tape. There were three pieces present, although investigative reports and trial testimony went back and forth between the tape being found on the skull and being found near the skull. It's really difficult to pinpoint whether or not the duct tape was attached to the skull because all of the pictures I could find of the remains, and this is disgusting, they're all blurred because it's a child, so they don't want you to see where it actually was attached. It seems like it got caught in whatever was left of the remains' hair, which is very sad, but I don't know. The fact that duct tape is there at all. So even so... The attempted knockout line came from the medical examiner, Dr. G, who is now 92 episodes into her show, Dr. G Medical Examiner, on the Discovery Health Channel. No kidding. My yeah. name is Dr. Randolph Gorilla, and they made me change my name in order to have this television show. So hi, welcome to Dr. G Medical Examiner, where today I'm going to learn how to have sex with a woman. Aww. Dr. G is a woman. Hey, all right. Oh. Good for her. That's nice. Dr. G said there is no reason to put duct tape on the face after they die. They thought, the prosecution thought, like, fuck yeah, that's the line. That's what's going to get them. And Dr. G also said that while one piece would have been enough to suffocate the girl, Casey used three to make damn sure it worked. Hmm. First piece went over the mouth, second over the nose, and just to be thorough, the third covered both. When the prosecution rested, they thought they'd hit one out of the park. There's no way this is going to end in any way but victory. Right. That was before they were introduced to a little catchphrase Jose Baez cooked up to hammer away at that whole reasonable doubt thing. Fantasy forensics. He then pitched that show to the CW as a reality show with celebrities doing forensics at the morgue. (laughs) Brian Austin Green hanging out like they had a hot tub in the morgue. Look at that. Beverly Hills 90210. Don't mind if I do. So immediately, Baez went to work dismantling the forensic evidence put forth by the prosecution. They got branding. He got got, got like little code words. They got a great story. Mm -hmm. Interesting, huh? He started with the smell science of Dr. R. Pod Voss, the guy with the paint cans. I'll make any smell in the world. Just <laughs> let me have my labs. Do you want a fart smell? I can make it, but not with my butt, with chemicals. Do you want a broccoli smell? I'm going to need some broccoli. <laughs> it does seem like there, there's a, you know, a little wiggle room to discredit this guy with the paint. Sure. And yeah, there sure. Is. Well, but, I mean, Bias pointed out that this is the first time Dr. Voss's method had ever been used in a criminal court. And furthermore, Voss didn't even have a doctorate in chemistry. His specialization was in anthropology. But to be fair, 
Dr. Voss's work was legitimate. He worked at the famous and respected body farm in Knoxville, Tennessee, and his work on decompositional chemistry was published in the peer-reviewed journal of forensic uh, forensic studies. This guy wasn't fucking around. Strange guy to have a first date with. (laughs) Oh, I mean, I imagine it's very annoying. It's that guy, and also what we were watched in Blue Planet is this guy that he spends his life using high-powered microphones to listen to coral, and it's him just going like, it's amazing the sounds you can get from the coral, and it cuts to the sounds, and it is. I mean, it's technically interesting, but also like, shut up. Never an amateur wrestler, like. Texas Pete is a sauce and allows you to sauce like you mean it. It's what people gather around, it's generosity in its simplest form, and it's a swagger people have who know what's good. Each Texas Pete hot sauce is packed with bold, balanced flavor. This signature tanginess is what makes it a legendary hot sauce that can be used on just about anything. It's been at the center of dinner table since 1929 and is still heating things up today. You're definitely going to want to try Every flavor. The original hot sauce has a famous secret blend of fermented peppers. The hotter hot sauce is three times hotter than the original, and not for the faint of heart. Sabor by Texas Pete adds authentic Mexican flavor, and their dust-dry seasoning matches the flavor of the original hot sauce in a flavorful dry rub. Tell you what, the other day I was having myself a good old refried bean burrito, and I wanted a little bit of kick to my morning, so I got myself some cha Texas Pete sriracha sauce, and I smothered those refried beans and that cheese and them eggs in a whole bunch of cha. And it started off my day correct. Texas Pete, sauce like you mean it. Visit TexasPete.com and use the store locator to find Texas Pete products as well as purchase sauces and get recipe inspiration. And use the promo code PODCAST24 for 20% off at TexasPete.com. Everyone loves a good family mystery, especially one with as many twists and turns as June's Journey a hidden object mystery game with a captivating detective story. It takes you back to the glamour of the 1920s with a diverse cast of characters. You'll step into the role of June Parker and search for hidden clues to uncover the mystery of her sister's murder. Use your observation skills to quickly uncover key pieces of information that lead to chapters of mystery, danger, and romance. You're going to get a kiss in there. There's mystery, danger, and romance as you search for hidden objects from the parlors of New York to the sidewalks of Paris. Watch out for those sidewalks. They are covered in urine. And customize your very own luxurious estate island. Think expansive gardens and beautiful buildings. Collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character. And you can chat and play with or against other players by joining a detective club. Oh, how I love the 1920s. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. June needs your help, detective. Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. And if that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. 
Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 150 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Now, I love Babbel, and I love what they're doing for the people of America. But I went on there to find out if I could learn Fremen in order for me to go and harness the desert power that it would take to finally get the raids of the sand planet Arrakis. Uh, but they said they only offer real languages and uh, stuff that can really help people travel. I think that's mostly what Babbel's looking to do. They didn't really, like, I called customer service and I asked me, like, well, how can I possibly harness the power of a million Fremen? And they said, please, sir, stop calling. And I said, but I, I'm doing an ad for you currently while we're on the phone. And Babbel, you know what? God love them. They helped me learn German. And in the end, they, they were right. Because German's a lot more useful. Here's a special limited time deal for listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash left. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash left, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash L-E-F-T. Rules and restrictions may apply. But according to Baez, Dr. Voss's technique did not pass the Dalbert test. What the hell is the Dalbert test? As far as my understanding of it goes, the Dalbert test... It has to involve Velcro shoes. I don't know why, (laughs) but I feel like Velcro shoes is involved. The Dalbert test is applied to the Dalbert standard. What? The Dalbert standard is tested when an attorney raises a Dalbert motion. (laughs) Yep. And the Dalbert motion comes when an attorney believes an expert may be unqualified. What's a Dalbert? <laughs> well, hi, hello, my name is Francis Dalbert, and how we can tell if this scientist is telling the truth or not is that I will lay down in this pool of water, and if I sink, it's a lie. And also, I am a witch. <laughs> you know, right. It was one of those things, you know, it's like, you know, like the mon- monoton rule and things like that. Like, they just get named after people. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Some it's fucking like, nerd, like, <laughs> some guy back in the day that made everybody stop and he's like let's talk to the scientist because this guy just showed up in a lab coat and everybody just assumed he was a fucking scientist dalbert <laughs> yeah when that's it they raise it when like when a prosecution or defense like brings in uh an expert and the other side is like that guy doesn't know what he's talking about they raise a dalbert motion they should call it a dauber motion remember him from coach i love dauber he was the best <laughs> Now, to counter Dr. Voss, the defense brought in a chemistry professor from Florida International University named Dr. Ken Furton. I do believe that Florida International University is taught in the living room of a man's house. Like, this (laughs) is not... I have not heard many good things about FIU. (laughs) I know Isaiah Thomas was the coach there for a little while. Didn't didn't go well. Mm -mm. No. Dr. Furton testified that there was no hard consensus as to what chemicals are typical to human decomposition. Furthermore, Judge Perry ruled that the jurors would not be allowed to smell the air samples to decide for themselves whether the trunk truly smelled like death or like a sack of rotten pizza. Ooh. Then Baez took aim at Voss's claim about chloroform. Voss said that trace amounts of chloroform are usually found in the air in parts per trillion, and that's not uncommon. In the air sample from the trunk, though, it was found in parts 
per million. See, this is where trials just get boring. This is just where you just go and you're like, I don't, sure, okay. As a juror, just be like, I need lunch. I know that I need lunch and lunch is provided. What, when is it come? Because I know that every hour and a half they get a break. Uh, juror Zabrowski, can you stop licking and eating your own chest hair, please? Uh, well, maybe if there was some kind of hors d'oeuvre or some kind of snack bowl, I would be able to do my job as a member of a jury of this guilty woman's peers. Am I excused? <laughs> Did you bring your own pig in a blanket today, Mr. Yes, it's a, it's a hog and a comforter. <laughs> well, bias countered this whole parts per million versus parts per, per trillion thing with a guy who said it wasn't really that weird that there was so much chloroform, as chloroform is present in plenty of everyday items, including... Cleaning supplies. Cleaning products, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's... Mm, she well. was cleaning her Pontiac Sunfire, but she just missed the rotten pizza. <laughs> she was just cleaning around the pizza, be like, that's part of the trunk. Before the pizza. Oh, I yeah, see. Yeah, this is all before. She's innocent. <laughs> I see. Now, as far as the Google searches went, Cindy Anthony, fully behind her daughter on a lie once more, said that she was the one who did the search. And... Even then, it was more of a curious accident. It's so stupid. This doesn't make sense. I think this makes sense, actually. Curious accident. See, the Anthony family dog had a habit of eating bamboo leaves off a bamboo plant in the backyard, and the dog was seeming a little lethargic. So Cindy was wondering if the leaves had anything to do with it. Do we know if the dog wasn't a panda? (laughs) The dog was not a panda. Okay. Dog's just a dog. Dogs get sleepy. Yeah, that's what dogs do. They sleep 14 hours a day. Not a panda. Cindy was wondering if the leaves had anything to do with it, so she sat down to Google chlorophyll. No, she wouldn't. Oh. She would She would Google, because I know how moms Google, and how even myself Google, be like, dog ate bamboo leaves, bad, question mark? That's how you do. That's, what, that's how you Google search something like that. All right, looking for chlorophyll. Uh-huh, uh-huh. looking for chlorophyll. You know what, it's more like... <laughs> All right. You got it. Come on, you know can do it. About. Yeah. Oh, come on, finish it up. Finish it up. More like Borophil. Yeah. 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 Woo. Oh, they said we couldn't have fun anymore. Look at that. Yeah. But when the autofill showed chloroform, Cindy clicked on that out of curiosity. Oh. She took one quick look at one site about the uses of chloroform in the 19th century and then moved on to her chlorophyll research. Okay. The prosecution had quite a few things to say about this claim. They said that, first of all, Cindy was at work that day. Both time cards and computer records show that, at the very least, someone was using Cindy's credentials on the day in question. Hmm. Second, there was the 84 times claim. Remember that? Yeah. Right. So I remember that. For 84 yeah, yeah, times. Yeah, 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 yeah. Why would someone Google chloroform? Out of curiosity, 84 times. 84 times. They have OCD. <laughs> they're in a deep panic spiral, and they're just typing chloroform over and over again, or they're writing it on the walls. Or they just didn't do it. Oh. Whoa. See, I like the defense in this. <laughs> what, if, what if they didn't do it? They actually have proof behind this one. Oh. See, that first claim about Casey about Cindy Anthony being at work, you can argue, like, maybe, you know, Cindy Anthony went home and, you know, stayed logged in at work, sure. and maybe one of her coworkers was using her credentials or whatever. But the 84 times claim, here's a simple answer on that uh, one. Uh. The software the prosecution used had made an error. 
Oh. They were telling the truth. The Anthony family was actually telling the truth when they said they only searched chloroform once. So tired. There you it go. makes me so tired. It's so boring. Hours and hours. This. This is why people go to Nancy Grace because she's making it fun and she's saying something like, "That bitch." Another day of testimony from that bitch. My favorite bitch. Eighty-four. So we got a little truth here for the Anthony family. Yeah, the truth comes out that this does go How on does the Anthony the family. Prosecutor messed this up so bad. You have no idea. All right. We're gonna get into it later. Then Jose went for the duct tape. He said the state had used, quote-unquote, junk science in their claims, pointing to the fact that there were no fingerprints present on the duct tape. However, the FBI, they weren't expecting fingerprints. This tape had been outside for months in 90-degree-plus temperatures and Florida floods. Anything like fingerprints or oils would have washed off long before the body was found. But that didn't stop Baez. He doubled down, saying that not only should there have been fingerprints... There should have been DNA on both sides of the tape as well. No, it wasn't murder. It was dad's old put the body in the bag and tape it up routine that produced the duct tape. Hmm. It doesn't make any sense. It was just wrapped in plastic. It was put in a, her poor little girl was put in a diaper bag. If there is duct tape remotely attached to the face of a dead little girl, you think it to have something to do with murder and not have... It's just so... Upsetting. <laughs> Henry, I, don't think I have something for you. Uh oh. What do you say about the duct tape being on the face? If it's near the face, then that's murder. Well, I say maybe it wasn't near the face. Uh oh. Oh. <laughs> See, there was that claim that the tape was holding the mandible and the skull together. But Baez said that that tape was just put there by cops during transit to keep it together. And no, they wouldn't do that. If you know, I almost fell out of my chair. I literally just almost fell out of my chair. <laughs> the prosecution, even during the prosecution's turn, there was no consensus as to if the tape was found on the face or found near the body. So, bungles. 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 Wow. Many bungles. And all this was put into perspective by German doctor Werner Spitz. So yeah, I, like I, I don't applaud too hard, Gessel. Werner Spitz? Werner Werner Spitz. Spitz. Okay. This guy is a classic. He is very, very funny. Yes, well, you'll get into it. He's been involved in crazy cases, but he definitely talks like this. He's like very like what you'd expect a German doctor. Spitz has actually been involved in an insane amount of cases, from the assassination of JFK to Phil Spector to, of course, the O.J. Simpson civil trial. We just sound like he's becoming more of a suspect. As far as I'm (laughs) concerned, he's involved in all these cases. But before you peg Spitz as a scientific spoiler, know that his only work on the O.J. civil trial was to testify that Ron Goldman and Nicole Brown Simpson did indeed die from multiple stab wounds. This is very easy stuff to do. I mean, I could have done that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They got stabbed. Yeah, they they were stabbed. In the case of Casey Anthony, though, Spitz took the autopsy performed by Dr. G apart, piece by piece. Not that that was a very difficult thing to do, because he was right. The investigators half-assed damn near everything in this Mm. case. Spitz is not a bad man. In fact, he's one of the most respected forensic scientists in the entire world. He's just a guy who can't stand to see bad work go unremarked. Right. He took the money, sure, but he just gave his honest opinions. He's the bummer. 
He's a bummer. He's just a he's a bummer, but he's a scientist, and so bu- scientists are technically supposed to be bummers, and we need to count on them being bummers. Yeah. Right. So he was just pissed off that they messed up so bad in the process. Pretty much. Yes. Yeah. They. I mean, they fucked up everything because they thought they had a slam dunk case. Mm-hmm. They got cocky. Mm-hmm. And the other scientist brought in by the defense was solid as well. Dr. Lawrence Koblinski was actually an early proponent of using DNA evidence in a courtroom. But even he had to admit that unless there's a root in a, on a hair, a mitochondrial match is the best you can do. Mm. So that means that, you know, in court, he had to come in and say, like, yeah, it's mitochondrial. And yeah, it was untreated. And yeah, it was around the same length as Kaylee's hair. But we can't say conclusively that it belongs to Kaylee. But we can. Uh, but you know, but can we though? That's like if thing. I was the prosecutor, I'd just be like, but can we? Two words. Consistent with. That seems mean. It seems like a joke that people said about me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that actually at all. It's, it's fucked up because there's nobody. Because there's no murder weapon, because the prosecution couldn't put together the story and the timeline with hardcore facts, the 31 days that it took for the for them to realize that she was missing changed everything. Like that's that's kind of what it did. Essentially, mm. Florida ate the evidence. Yeah. The swamps hid the crimes. For whoever did it. Mm-hmm. Mm. They kept using the words consistent with because they didn't have the body. They didn't have the murder weapon. So all they could, they couldn't say is. They just mm. had to say consistent with. There was never anything conclusive for the jury. No CSI moment. And that mm. bullshit helped Jose Baez mislead the jury into confusing a reasonable doubt with a reason to doubt. Mm. As O.J. Simpson prosecutor Marsha Clark put it in an article she wrote about the trial. Now, as I said before, the defense never again mentioned the molestation in the trial, not even in the closing statements. But there was one other thing they didn't mention at all during arguments as well. The drowning. No evidence was put forth and no questions were asked, almost as if they'd never even brought it up in the first place. Wow. Did you try to read Baez's book, Presumed Guilty? No. I tried to read it and it really made me upset. Like, I, I couldn't get through it. I'm, I'm trying to be impartial because she is innocent. <sighs> she's not innocent. She's not guilty. It's two different she's things. She's not guilty. Oh. <laughs> but she, it's, it's, I want to come out with a clear mind, but it really comes down to the fact that the, I don't know, man, they just didn't, they couldn't put the story together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They just couldn't. It's but, very important. But Jose Baez could. Right. Especially in his closing arguments. Okay. So as far as the closing arguments went, the prosecution went first. They repeated their whole case and went through all the forensics once more, talked about the lying and the lack of emotion, and then rounded it all out with one question. Whose life was better with Kaylee Anthony dead? Mm. And this was followed by a slideshow of pictures of Casey dancing, the Bella Vita tattoo, and so on and so right. forth. But you know, also remember this. This is, I mean, this is where they fucked up, obviously, right. because... I, I am realizing, too, the deeper we go into this case, it is really difficult to tell people how to grieve mm-hmm. and how to act. Yeah. Like, the, the fact that they pin this whole thing on essentially slut-shaming Casey and doing all, like, trying to paint her character is that they put it on a slippery slope because you had to deal with a bunch of people that all sat, have to sit and think about, like, what would I be like right. in total pain? Most of the time, you want to try to act like nothing's happening. Like, I don't, I mean, Casey Anthony did it to a sociopathic, completely trashy level who hasn't partied you know yeah mm-hmm. but the youtube comments for each one of the 
police interviews I listen to with like Lee Anthony and George Anthony, everyone wants to snap to these judgment calls of like, how dare he laugh? How dare he act like this? Act like it. So it's like the, it's really difficult to pin down what human behavior is supposed to be like. Absolutely. And they're in the very, it's very difficult to just say she just lied and families sometimes just automatically fill in because essentially it's like using the, it's like what AIDS does to the body. It's like the immune system instead of helping you is killing you. It's interesting. You know, the prosecutors also made a huge mistake. Gift cards. Yes. Uh, if I was a juror, I'd be yes. like, and, and, and in my closing arguments, $25 gift card to Applebee's. And that's a lot, actually, at an Applebee's. That's a couple of margaritas and an appetizer. But I guess they weren't thinking like that. Unlimited appetizers? It depends. Yeah. Yeah. Depends what day or time you go. I was said with such sadness. Yes. 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 Yeah, it go, is. Because it's always the good ones that are limited. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, I'm sorry. We don't have the burrata tonight. Uh, oh. like, then why you put it on the goddamn menu if you don't right. have enough for me and my fucking huge family? Yeah. Ben wants a wonton taco. <laughs> Say that five times fast. I'll take it. <laughs> so that was the prosecution. All right. Then the defense took their turn. Now, the reason why they didn't bring up the molestation in the closing arguments was because the judge forbade it. Judge Belvin made a good call here. All right. because He said, you didn't put any evidence whatsoever forth. You didn't say anything about it during the trial, and right. you don't have any evidence to introduce in the closing arguments. It's almost like they just said it. It's as similar as if Baez opened up being like, and furthermore, George Anthony is Frankenstein's monster. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. How dare he is a part of the whims of Dr. Frankenstein, who we will hear from today in this courtroom, and he doesn't show up. Just a man <laughs> in a fucking cryptic eye patch just sitting behind him. But there was one tiny bit of evidence for the drowning. During closing statements, Jose showed a picture of Kaylee Anthony at the back door of the Anthony house, opening it on her own. And in the background was the pool. And with that, the defense rested. They literally relaxed because they were all thinking about the pool. (laughs) Oh, that is nice. So on July 4th, 2011, Independence Day. Uh Uh-oh. The case was placed in the hands of the jurors. After less than 11 hours, the verdict was returned. On the charges of first-degree murder, aggravated child abuse, and aggravated manslaughter of a child, the jury found the defendant not guilty. Not guilty. And that footage, when uh, when Casey hears the not uh, guilty verdict, it takes a second for it to set in. Yeah. And then it's a really strange smile. <laughs> yes. Do you see that? Well, yeah, because she doesn't have to have the mask on anymore. It was it's odd. Over. Yeah. She smiles like you never go to like get a lot of things from like Target or Kmart and then they accidentally put like a spatula in there without charging you and then you can leave with it. It's like that kind of smile. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you just walk a little bit faster to your car when you realize it. She was, however, found guilty of lying to the cops. And for that, she was sentenced to four years in prison. However, since she'd been incarcerated for three years awaiting trial and had earned time off for good behavior, Casey Anthony was let out of jail 10 days after her sentence was handed down. Wow. When they asked jurors why, dear God, why did they let her go? They said it was because the prosecutors had not painted a picture. Right. There was evidence she lied and evidence she wasn't the greatest mom, but there was no clear cut. There it is evidence 
that she was a murderer. That's why sometimes every defense team has to have an artist. <laughs> Just someone to be like, let's bring it together. Okay. Let's all do this. They need a director. They need a choreographer. Yes. <laughs> but uh, they need a, like a pamphlet that they can hand out. But I don't think you're allowed to do that either. No. I, it's just, again, without a body, without a method of murdering, without all of this shit. It's like, and, and again, it's very difficult for anybody to swallow that a mother would kill her child. Mm-hmm. But they don't really understand how far and deep narcissism can go. Yeah. So basically, they got the party girl thing, but they didn't get the murderer part. They didn't get so the they, they missed the big one. Dude, some of them even said they wished there was more evidence to put her away, that they believed she had actually killed her child, <sighs> but the defense had introduced... A reasonable doubt. Right. In other words, these jurors had something in common with Casey Anthony herself. They all thought they were being real fucking clever when in reality, they had no idea that what they were doing. Oh, it's like hosting a podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my, I, I did a grand jury duty here in Kings County, and that, that, I saw that uh, on a regular basis. One example was we they, they arrested this guy for heroin and marijuana in a vial, and the jury said, we're not going to charge him for the marijuana. We'll just charge him for the heroin. But that's the big one. Yeah. You know, but they were like... So basically, you just took the uh, uh, leverage off the table to be like, we can charge you for the weed. We won't charge you for the heroin. But so anyway. Yeah. They, they, were, they, they overthought it. It was so stupid. It's all about overthinking right. it. They allowed Jose Bias to completely remove common sense from the equation. All while Jose was making them feel like they were being real goddamn smart with this decision. He gave them a reason to doubt. Yes. Mm. But that doesn't mean that doubt was reasonable. Mm. So. Speaking of people thinking they're being real goddamn smart, let's get into what I think happened. Uh oh. Okay. Now you're gonna we're gonna let you just run through this very complicated theory of yours. It's very which simple. I like. It's actually very simple. Yeah, of course it is. If this <laughs> when it comes, comes down, down to, it, to OJ did it, I'm not gonna be happy. <laughs> but I'll say a part of what this theory involves is again, remember human factors. Lying and negligence is sil- are silent killers. Mm-hmm. Like like carbon monoxide? <laughs> like carbon monoxide <laughs> okay. and blood pressure. Yeah. All right. So here we go. Okay. The Marcus Parks theory on Casey Anthony. And I'm probably not the only person out there who has this theory, but it's mine nonetheless. Okay. Yeah, this <laughs> is now ours. It. So I'm sorry, you're I fucked. Didn't, I didn't double check to see if anybody <laughs> okay. else. I didn't have time to go through well, and see if anybody else is on the internet side about this. But this okay. is what I think. All right. George Anthony and Tony Lazaro both reported that Kaylee would sometimes sleep for 10 to 13 hours at a time and wake up with heavy black bags under her eyes. Not normal for a child that age. Now, I think it's fucking ridiculous to think that Casey Anthony had the real world smarts to make chloroform at home. Casey didn't have chloroform, but what Casey did have plenty of access to was Xanax. Zanny! Now, you may have already picked this up, but think about Zanny the Nanny. Zanny, as we said, is a street name for Xanax, specifically among shitty club kids like the ones Casey was hanging out with. Mm. Now, it's very possible, if not likely, that Casey had been dosing her kid for weeks with that shit as Xanax had just become a recent addition to her life with her new boyfriend, Tony Lazaro, and the club lifestyle he lived. Hence, Zanny the Nanny. Then there's the Google searches. As I said, the chloroform search was made using Internet Explorer. And that's the only thing that would really match chemical forensics with Casey. But who uses Internet Explorer? Moms. <laughs> Casey Anthony didn't use Internet Explorer. She used Firefox. And guess which browser history never made its way into the hands of the prosecution? 
Firefox. Yes! Wow. Yeah, Kissel, you're getting it. <laughs> now, this whole Firefox Internet Explorer thing was uncovered by a couple of keepers type people, like uh, amateur web sleuths who met online. However, this isn't just something I found on a message board. This was reported by a local Orlando news station and confirmed by people within the Orange County Sheriff's Department. These two amateurs got a hold of Anthony's Firefox history and went to work combing every bit of it. They found that on the day Kaylee was killed, a number of interesting things happened on the Anthony family computer. Hmm. At 8 a.m., Casey logged on to AOL Instant Messenger and chatted up a guy with the screen name White Playboy. (laughs) And that's spelled W-I-T-E, P-L-A-Y-B-O-I. Oh, he's fun. Yeah, he's fun. Yeah. He's super fun. He wrote, So what are you up to? And that's using an R, a U, and the number two in place of actual words. Cool guy. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then Casey responded with, Not a whole lot. Checking up on all the MySpace Facebook hoopla. She continued the MySpace Facebook hoopla for several hours after that, viewing over a thousand different pages, seeing all the fun her new and old friends without children were having without her. Child-free life, now available in Glade. I see. (laughs) At 2.30 p.m., George Anthony left for work. Now, what I'm about to say is completely true, backed up, and confirmed. At 2.51 p.m., Casey Anthony using Firefox, Googled the term foolproof suffocation. Because the prosecution didn't search the Firefox portion of that computer, they missed 98.7% of the browser history records for July 13, July 16th, 2008. Oh, they bungled it. Now, foolproof suffocation could possibly be the name of a band of a friend of Tony Lazaro's, correct? <laughs> but I don't think that that band existed. No, I don't think so. You know who knew about that foolproof suffocation search? Jose Baez. No. He wrote in that book that Henry mentioned earlier, he wrote in his book about the trial that he fully expected the prosecution to sandbag him with all this. He thought it could be the knockout punch that would put a needle in Casey's arm. But it never happened. It never came up. By so every day, he's just like, every when day, are you going to hit me? Every day. When's, When's it going to happen? Come? Bungled it! They bungled it. Bungled and Baez, like, his defense for it, he even admits, was weak as fuck because he was going to say that, oh, George Anthony had suicidal tendencies. So George Anthony was the one that was looking up foolproof suffocation. But oh. the prosecution never said jack shit. And in fact, completely bungled up, even on the Internet Explorer searches. 84 or 1? 84 or 1? They uh. fucked up at every step of the way. Now, the fingers get pointed in a lot of different directions here. Mm. The prosecution says the Orange County Sheriff's Office, who was in charge of extracting the data, never handed it over to them, which is true. But the OSCO says they didn't hand it over because the prosecution never asked for it. Remember, even though this was 2010, 2011, technological know-how has made huge strides during this decade. But back then, do you honestly think the OSCO even knew there were other browsers besides Internet Explorer available? And besides, they say the prosecution never asked for them to search suffocation. Prosecution only asked for chloroform. Wow. Yeah, because they didn't understand that you could do it. Because at the time, I remember Firefox was in beta testing. Yeah. There was many times where it's like, if you went and got it, because it was the same thing when I got my Gmail. Like, I got my name in Gmail because I got a, an offer to beta test Gmail, and I just did it. Mm-hmm. 
But wow. they, but a government agency doesn't know this shit unless they use it at home. So yeah. just just ch- check for chlorophyll. Check the dolphin score. <laughs> uh, did did Orlando Magic? Uh, did they trade away for uh, what? It's ridiculous. <laughs> yep. And Sheriff's Captain Angelo Nieves called the whole thing quote an oversight. An oversight. <laughs> yeah, an oversight. Yeah. Uh, saying quote, this has been a real learning experience for investigators as well. And honestly, isn't that enough of a punishment for us? <laughs> we've learned our lesson. I think we've all just water under the bridge. Mm-hmm. An oversight is forgetting a McFlurry <laughs> when you're sent out to buy your family McDonald's dinner. That's ridiculous. So here's what I think happened. Casey Anthony spends all morning looking at the various MySpace and Facebook pages of other kids in their late teens, early 20s, just out having a great time on old Orlando. Mm. So she had a fatal case of FOMO. (laughs) Her father leaves for work. Casey looks over at her daughter and thinks, fuck this. I don't want this life anymore. She Googles foolproof suffocation, finds a mention of duct tape and moves forward. However, she's not a serial killer. She's taking no joy in the actual murder of her child. It's just a means to an end. So to make it easier on both her child and herself, she takes the kid to Zanny the Nanny. Quote, unquote, quote, unquote, quote, unquote. Pumps are full of Xanax. After the kid's out, Casey puts the tape over the mouth and the nose, then waits for Kaylee to expire. She then stuffs the body in a garbage bag, takes it out to her car in the canvas bag found in her room, and places her in the trunk of the Pontiac Sunfire. When she goes to Tony Lazaro's house to watch Jumper, though, the body is still there. So why did she do that? Because Anthony didn't have a plan. She never does. So who knows how long that body was left in the trunk? Since the body was skeletonized when it was found, we have no idea. It's possible Casey was driving around with the body in the trunk of her car right up until the car was towed. And one detail you may have missed about that was where the car was parked. It's not important that the car was parked at a check cashing place. What was important was that it was parked next to a dumpster. Because what was found in Casey Anthony's trunk... Garbage. It's possible that Casey Anthony rooted around in the dumpster, found an appropriate bag of pizza, and left it in the trunk, thinking a rotting sack of garbage would eventually cover up the death smell that two people by that time had already noticed. But why wouldn't she just try to clean it first? Well, that's where the chloroform comes in. Most likely, Casey Anthony tried to clean her trunk to get rid of the smell. And what do some cleaning products contain? By admission of the defense... Reform. There it is. But still, despite all this, despite all the lying and the fuck-ups and the stumbles, Casey Anthony went free. So basically you're saying that Facebook is to blame. <laughs> yes, Facebook do- did it again. Facebook has done it fucking again. Again. Once. Thanks, Zuckerberg. So this is my tiny, my tiny rebuttals. And I think that it's, if there. this is where, again, the human factor comes in. Mm-hmm. I think that either... She did do exactly as Marcus said and drugged Kaylee and uh, put the duct tape on her mouth and let her die. I I think that that's quite possible. I think it's also quite possible that she drowned 
and she pulled her out of the bed. The problem is, and then where did the duct tape come from? Yeah, and the sticker that was on her face. How would the sticker stay on her face? Yeah, well, the sticker was also something that Bias came back with because the uh, investigator had noted that there was adhesive residue of a sticker, but then when they went back to look, there was no adhesive residue there. Yes, and the duct tape matched Ugh. a rare roll of duct tape that was in the house. It was also on the gas cans, which were part of the gas can incident. So the, this shit came from the house. It came. It came from Kate. But we got to remember was that when she put Kaylee in the trunk, and this is brutally sad, but it's very similar to any other serial killer. This is serial killer light thinking. Kaylee went away. As soon as Kaylee went into that trunk, Casey Anthony and her selfishness just kept moving forward, mm. saying, I'm living a new life. That's an old icky life. This is just the residue of it. Kaylee then goes from being her little girl to being a problem. There's also, remember, there's, there's, may, there's many motives here to why she maybe could have killed it. It's not just because of Facebook. There's also a weird thing between Cindy and Casey. They had brutal fights. And it was a part of the reason why they say that there were multiple calls from Casey Anthony to Cindy Anthony on the day of her murder that Cindy didn't answer. It's not because of some weird conspiracy. It's because they were in the middle of a fight. And Kaylee was supposed to go with them to her grandmother, her, her grandmother's house. They were supposed to go to and have a, a day out with her, with her great grandparents. And she said, no, because Kaylee was gone. And so Cindy was freaking out and didn't know what was happening in the meantime. So it's, it's, it's monstrous, but the kid just went into a thing. The kid got put in a bag. She can't see the kid's face anymore. It was there until it started to smell. She took the bag out and dumped it as fast as she could, as close to the house as she could go on her travels back and forth. Cause we also realized she's been traveling from Tony Lazaro's house where he's just doing nothing but making mixes and playing smash brothers, which is all that he talked about in the fucking, in his conspiracy, in his tapes. He was just like, I was playing video games and Casey'd like always be in the middle of some kind of like drama. She's out, out there. She's like making calls outside. She's being real secret. But I'm like, I'm trying to learn how to do the Mega Man <laughs> explosion. Tough to do, yeah. Uh, and so it's, I think you're close to it. The bag of garbage was something that she just kind of fucking improved yeah. again. She was just like, fuck it. It smells because mm. of this. Yeah. No, no, no. Well, yeah, it's pretty much way. Yeah, pretty pretty similar. Kaylee like, is gone and it's very sad. It's extremely sad. I don't yeah. know how you look at that baby and want it and want to kill it. I mean, it's She's even so possible cute. it's even possible that Casey like you know, part of it why Casey killed her was to punish the mother. Right, sure. Yes. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. But because of the, her having the baby in the first place, Cindy up until that point, apparently one interesting thing that Lee said in his testimony was that Cindy said shit to Casey along the lines of Kaylee was your best mistake, but it's still a mistake. Kaylee was a mistake. You were, um, you are not raising her correctly. You know what? They've had m multiple talks about this. She was stealing money from the parents. She was stealing money from Lee. There's a lot of weird shit connected to it that made it. It's like a family thing. I think I've come full circle here. We got to arm toddlers. <laughs> Kaylee should have been armed I, with a little, a cute little gun. Oh, tiny cute, guns, yeah. Tiny guns for tiny toddlers and the bullets, they'd send a message, mm -hmm. but they don't necessarily kill. Yeah. So, all that happened in 2011. Ugh. It's 2018 now. Is it, thank you. All right. You're welcome. <laughs>
Where? Why are you so cock? This is the cockiest you've ever been. Yes. This is the one time I know I'm right. 2018. Yes. It is. I am correct on the year. I'm not very confident in a lot, but I'm confident on what year it is. All right. Where is Casey Anthony? Oh, People Magazine segment. Where is she now? I know. She does pop up every now and again, doesn't she? Uh, As of last summer, Casey Anthony is shacked up in a wood-paneled house with the lead investigator for her defense, Pat McKenna P.I. What do they talk about all day? (laughs) Well, he is a very dyed, redheaded man who is in his 60s, and he is living the Life. All right. And if the name Pat McKenna sounds familiar, it's because McKenna was also the lead investigator for O.J. Simpson. And in fact, Casey said in an interview that she can empathize with O.J. She says <laughs> she sees, quote, a lot of parallels oh. between the two of them. Yeah, what, what could that be, Casey? <laughs> well, we were both athletes. I was um, in the swim team, and no one talks about that, and they called me Mrs. Electricity. <laughs> in an exact uh, quote, Casey Anthony said, We were both two high-profile cases where there were a lot of distorted facts. I've gone through the files, and I can say independently, without just being biased, the timeline doesn't make sense. Casey, it's just we got you here. I just got to ask you. So so you killed Kaylee, huh? You think you're fucking better than me? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, how about this? Two games out of three, we played Smash Brothers. If you beat me, I killed Kaylee. Oh, okay. No, it is very possible that this Pat McKenna guy is just letting Casey live with him out of the goodness of his heart. Because oh, honestly, oh, yeah. the girl ain't oh, got yeah. nowhere to go. Oh, please. Oh, yeah. Oh, this yeah. Is, this, you know, in Florida, there's many ways to find a wife. I found <laughs> mine by getting her off a capital murder charge. However, claims made in lawsuits against Casey suggest something <laughs> otherwise. Another PI who worked on the Anthony case, the same one who said he cooked up the drowning story, said that one night he arrived at Jose Baez's offices to see Casey Anthony running out of Baez's personal office naked and giggling. Hot goss. Hot goss. Because Casey Anthony actually got sued by quite a few people. Oh, really? Why? (laughs) Yeah, and this was in her bankruptcy case that all this came out. And another time, this PI said that Anthony refused a media interview that Baez had set up for, to which Baez replied, Okay, now you owe me three blowjobs. And then they laughed about it. Yep. And this is all unsubstantiated. Yes. It's juicy, man. It's juicy. It's fun. <laughs> no, things aren't easy for Casey Anthony. Nah. Her father. Are you becoming the man from Big Lebowski? <laughs> things weren't easy for Casey Anthony after that. But the tumbleweed rolls on and Casey It's so Anthony- funny because I keep thinking of that. They did the, I, I thought about that all the time from uh, Big Lebowski. But her life is in your hands, dude. Like, <laughs> like Jabaya's talking to the jury. Uh, her father, who to this day believes that her, his daughter is 100% guilty, refuses to talk to her probably because of the whole falsely accusing him of a lifelong pattern of molestation. Yeah. 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 There it is. Yes. Uh, Cindy, on the other hand, still talks to Casey and is once again fully on her side. Are she, they still married? Yes. George and Cindy? Yes. Oh. She believes that she, quote, asked God to show justice when it came to her daughter's guilt, and whatever verdict came through would be God's final word on the subject. Oh, my. Yes. God speaks through the legal system of Florida. <laughs> Every time. Through 12 people of Clearwater, Florida. Yeah, yeah, always. I've heard that. 
So these days, Casey says she's working for the PI she's living with. This is how she described her duties in an interview she gave last year. One of the reasons I'm so good at my job is because I'm taking everything that the state tried to use against me, like my Facebook and pictures and all that stuff that they distorted. I now go through and research people's backgrounds and put everything together in a good way. <sighs> all right. <laughs> I don't, I just like, just, ooh, man, I just like, honestly, I uh, spikes my in a good way. <laughs> it's a good way. She does it in a good way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, she works for a PI would, in a good way. How old would Kaylee be right now? 11. Oh, my gosh. Oh, no. And they asked her that one. I remember one of the questions they asked her be like, and during this final interview, this was in 2017 that she did that. She said that. And this she they asked her like, so what do you think Kaylee would be like today? And she's like, she'd be a total fucking badass. She'd be listening to classic rock and talking to boys. It's like, oh, God, you fucking you could have at least been like, she is going to be president. Like you have to like <laughs> no, come up with some bad. kind of. She would also still only be 11. So <laughs> yeah, raising herself. Yes. And while what? you're fucking this private investigator who she would have ended up anyway. Well, technically, Tony Lazaro. In the end, I'm also good to Tony Lazaro just got out of that somehow. Oh, well, he's not. A, his life is over. His life's over. When, so when you watch, is his life over? No, I don't think so. I think so. he's okay. Like he's when okay. you watch Casey, when you watch Tony Lazaro on the stand, when they were talking to him about Casey Anthony, like her behavior, you, he was relishing. He was trying to throw dirt on her grave. Yeah. Like, well, you know what they, uh, I had a listener send me a, a I guess that he was high school friends with Tony yeah, Lazaro yeah. and sent me the Twitter, his Twitter account, which I'm not going to follow or, or don't do, I don't blow him up. I think that's like fucking awful. But his Twitter bio was just, let me live my life in peace. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Yeah, oh. Leave the guy alone. He's he's in the, he's he, he was wrapped. Casey Anthony he, is a horrible person who wrapped so many people into her lives and ruined so many lives. And, I feel bad for Tony Lazaro because he was a college student. He'd been he's so, still a piece of shit. Dude, he'd been he'd still he wasn't the best a, dude. He's, I guess, is he too he dope? Was, he was a fine dude. He was a fine dude. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's dope. Friday. I take it back. That's yeah. dope. Fr- he's just having dope Fridays. Yeah, he was just I know. a UCF I take it back. student. Yeah, and he would he'd only been seeing Casey Anthony for like two weeks, three oh, weeks, yeah. something it's, like God that. God damn. So as far as how the public perceives her, this is the last word from Casey Anthony. I don't give a shit about what anybody thinks about me. I don't care about that. Yeah. I never will. I'm okay with myself. I sleep pretty good at night. She doesn't God, give a you. shit. Yeah. She's just like, I don't care about anything that people say. I sleep pretty good at night. Makes me... Go insane. Yep. <laughs> and I can all see right. Nancy Grace getting all buttered up. She's filling up that <laughs> pantsuit every day. Just like, I just know if I was in that one room with that taut mom, I would dip her in ketchup and consume her. <laughs> and gain her strength and uh. give it back to the people. All right. There it is. Casey Anthony. Wow. A lot uh, a lot to that story. A ton My to that story. Yeah. And, yeah. And there, there's a lot that, you know, we didn't, like we covered all like the main bases, but we right. didn't even get to the, the, I think, $33 million lawsuit that some crazy lady filed against Casey Anthony because she believed the Illuminati was behind the whole thing. Uh. Well, you know. But then we're getting to JonBenet Ramsey and her murder by the surreptitious murder by the black ops government, but that's a whole other story. Mm-hmm. That's a whole um, other one. This is, uh, yeah, so why don't you just do yourself the favor and go watch 
all of the trial hearings that are on YouTube. Sure. Go enjoy yourself. Um, listen to all the interviews and really um, just just get mad. You know, Go get real mad and then <laughs> or, just try to drive know, around. Just if you got a kid, just hang out with them. Yeah. Or if you really are super stressed out, you know, I don't know. There's like theme parks and shit. <laughs> there's stuff to do. Let's go do that. There's there's stuff to do. Yeah. <laughs> there's stuff to do. There's I'm st- not a parent. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. If no, we're, we're not. We're a parent. not the ones that should be given child rearing advice here. Go, no, I just recommended a theme park. But I was even thinking about this. I'm going through the whole trial, and I was just like, if Wendy was missing for six days, and I had to go to Jackie. And say, where's Wendy? It's been go- it's been six days since I've seen my little girl. Where's my little girl? And Jackie's like, it's with the nanny. <laughs> I would go Liam Neeson, and I would have found. I would have gotten to the bottom of the truth, and that's just a dog. It's a cute so dog. So I feel yeah. like people should have done a little bit more legwork in trying to find this little girl. Absolutely. All right. Well, speaking of dogs, you can find me on Instagram. Feel free to tag <laughs> the dogs with the little last Pupcast uh, um, scarves. They're, they're so cute. They're very cute. Yes, absolutely. Um, Hell okay. yeah. What do we want to do here? So we want to thank everyone for Patreon. Thank you very much. Thank to everybody for, for giving our Patreon. And thanks for the great response. Henry and I had a chance to interview this fellow from Love and Saucers. What was it? David Huggins uh, was Dave his Huggins. name, which was so unbelievably interesting. Uh, he claims that he lost his virginity at 17 to an alien. That's awesome. So, yes. I believe him and I'm jealous. Yeah. yeah. And that uh, interview is available on uh, the Patreon for uh, $5 and up per month. Yep. So go check that out. And, uh, yeah, thank you all for that. Also, keep on checking out all the shows here on the LPN Network. And, you know, I got a couple of tweets from people who said they're going through a rough time. You know, it's just a weird time to be alive. Yeah. And uh, so hang in there because it'll pass and you're going to be just fine because all of us go through rough times all the time. Yeah. Uh, and you really have to, you have to rely on your friends. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, just so, yeah, everything will be fine. I guess so. It I believe be. you. It has I to be I believe fine. you. It has to be. Yeah. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Henry Loves You, at Marcus Parks, at Ben Kissel. Follow us on Instagram at Dr. Fantasty, at, Mar- at Marcus Parks, at Ben Kissel, the number one. And follow Last Podcasts on all the shits at LP on the left. All right, everyone. Hail yourselves. Hail Satan. Hail Gein. Magustalations. Take them to a theme park. <laughs> Hail me. Just... <laughs> Send them up for adoption, I guess. I don't know. There's people who want kids. She could, she could have just given it to the mom. And just just be never. Like, just you, you raise it. But then it. mom wins. Yeah. Oh gosh. Jesus Christ. All right. See you, fuckers. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.